It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 Part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk with you, today's guest. We're joined by the one and only Carl Banks to discuss what the Giants have done this offseason. We thank him for joining us. This is the last second thing. I had Chris Carlin lined up from ESPN Radio. Carl, the Continental bagged on me this morning, so... Now we have Mr. Banks instead. Talk about a big-time upgrade, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm sure Chris had a uh, a good excuse. Oh, absolutely. Chris is the best, and, and, and he'll be joining us in yeah. a couple of weeks. He's, he's, he's the man. Uh, now, ironically, Carl, you're down in Atlanta while the Hawks will be in New York. How about those Knicks, Carl? I know. Go Knicks, go, man. This is such an exciting time for New York basketball, New York sports, actually. It really is, and I think the excitement level for the Giants is at a pretty all-time high, too. So let's talk about that, Carl. Give me your 20,000-foot view down on what the Giants have done. I don't think we've talked since the 2020 season ended. Well, I think they were methodically putting together uh, or completing uh, another part of the plan that Joe Judge and, and uh, Dave Gellerman you know, uh, laid out when they came in to, well, when uh, Joe Judge came in together, but um, also with Dave Gellerman just talking about he had to get the team younger, they had to get more talent. And over the last couple of years, they've done just that. And the hire of uh, Coach Judge has been nothing short of, of great in the way that the, the, the culture has changed. The team has responded to him. And uh, they just keep adding talent. And, you know, with the exception of maybe two games, and it's not this is not a consolation, if you will, uh, but they you can see they competed in every game with the exception of maybe two. So it tells you that they're, they're, they're rounding out um, – they're getting the right mindset and with the right talent base, they'll be able to win more than they lose. All right, so let's talk about the moves they made this offseason. Let's start on offense, Carl. A big topic once the season ended was to, frankly, score more points and to help Daniel Jones, the quarterback. And they brought in, and I'll throw all three guys into the same pot, and you can mix it up however you want. They bring in Kenny Dalladay and Kyle Rudolph in free agency. They draft Kadarius Toney. And now you look at this group of offensive weapons, Carl. I mean, it's pretty darn good. Um, you forgot the guy. Um, what's his name? Saquon Barkley. Oh yeah, he's that's right. Back too. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about weapons. This team will be uh, pretty hard to contend with uh, in terms of just the things and the versatility that they can do on offense. Obviously, uh, Galladay is a, the type of receiver who makes any quarterback more accurate because he has such a big catch, catch radius, um, and he relies on his his strength uh, more so than his pure speed. So he's, he's that guy who can, you know, you put a 50-50 ball up there, he'll go get it, he'll compete for it. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is this, I call him the unassuming uh, receiving tight end because you look at him and you're saying, okay, well, yeah, he's not going to run by anybody. He's not going to do a lot of things. He's more of a blocker. 
but he just makes one spectacular catch after the next in the red zone, and he makes them in key situations. So you have that. Um, Kadarius Tony is is a kid that will factor in um, to this offense in, in some capacity. You know, he's a rookie, so there's going to be a ramp-up period, right? Uh, but then you have Darius Slayton, who, in my opinion, will have a breakout year this year. And then we have Evan Ingram. Uh, are, are you scared yet, John? Because I'm just the list <laughs> I just lost keeps count, going, Carl. Right? I lost count. <laughs> and then there's Sterling Shepard. So there are just so many different things offensively that will present challenges to an opposing defensive coordinator. And the one thing that we do know is that uh, this offensive coaching staff, uh, led by Jason Garrett, they're not afraid to try different combinations. So it just it makes them less predictable uh, than than most teams. And so uh, you get excited about it, and then you say to yourself, okay, well, you know, all that looks good, but somebody's got to protect the quarterback. And they didn't make a lot of moves, um, which tells me, that they like the progression of this young group of offensive linemen. Um, they let Zeitler go uh, because they felt his replacement was ready to go. So um, I, it's going to be fun to watch, John, just from the offensive standpoint and, and the challenges that they will present. And, you know, again, you know, giving Daniel Jones another year in a system with the same coordinator is going to be important. Uh, to his his growth or his his continued growth, but also um, another you know having another um, a year for him to really take the next step, which is you know this is the year the third year, and you give him so much to work with, there should be success. I think it's scripted for him. No, absolutely, and and I think you're right. The only thing that you question because I don't think we know about it because they haven't done it yet is the young offensive line, Carl. And when you look at a group like this that's so young, Gates, first year at center, Andrew Thomas, first year at left tackle, uh, Shane Lemieux, rookie left guard, you know, the right guard spot. We don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Will Hernandez who'll be playing that position for the first time? Who knows? Maybe it's one of the vets they brought in. Matt Parrott competing with Nate Solder at right tackle. When you have that young of a group, how quickly can you see improvement? They have a new offensive line coach in Rob Sale where there can be a big jump from what they were able to do last year to what they're going to be able to do this year? Well, that's where you normally see the appreciable growth. If your offensive line has any talent, it's from year one to year two. Um, because the, with offensive linemen, and it's, it's very rare. I mean, some of these guys hit the ground running in the NFL. The others, by year two, because they've seen everything that they throw at them and they've seen different styles of players. So the game kind of slows down for offensive linemen in year two if they have any talent, and you start to see that uh, things get better. So I I assume that this coaching staff believe that this group, given all the repetitions that they had last year, and they had a lot of reps as rookies, that year two uh, will help them turn the corner and, and, and stabilize the offense for them. Just to go back on Tony for a moment, I'm not sure, Carl, in the time I've been covering the team, I've seen a player quite like him 
on the roster. He's kind of like part David Wilson as a return guy, part Odell as a run-after-catch guy, but he can also kind of, you know, run it out of the backfield too. What are some of the things that they can scheme up to get the most out of a guy like Tony who's just so dynamic with the ball in his hands? Uh, well, that's you know, if, if he shows he's up to it as a rookie, I think his role is just going to expand. I think uh, that's the beautiful part of having a guy like him. And, you know, we've seen Jason Garrett over his years uh, as a coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys use Cole Beasley in a lot of different ways. He had a lot of guys that he would use in different um, different capacities as well as their given position. So uh, Kadarius Tony could be that guy for all three positions, you know, backfield guy, slot guy, uh, move guy, outside guy, returner. You know, there's so many things that uh, he could be featured in. And then, you know, once you have that as a threat, you establish that, then your vertical game just goes through the roof because, you know, guys have got to jump up to stop a bubble screen to a guy like him. Yeah, and that'll open things up for everybody else. And another guy that does that, Carl, you mentioned him earlier, Saquon Barkley. How quickly do you think he can look like old Saquon? We've seen a guy like Adrian Peterson, who I think as a raw athlete is probably as similar to Saquon as you can get. But everyone recovers differently from these knee injuries. So, what do you think expectations should be for him coming off that ACL? I think it's up to him and the the Giants coaching staff. I think uh, uh, medical staff. I think with Saquon, he is you know one of the hardest workers we know. Uh, so he's going to do his part, and if the knee responds, which you know from all the things that we're hearing. Um, he's on on track to open the um, the season up, so I don't think you hold him back. You know, you may put him on a you know a count of how many carries he's going to have, but I think we can expect the same explosive burst from him that he had prior to in, in, injury. No, I agree, Carl. Final thing on the offense: I, we get a lot of fan calls saying, "Oh, you got all these weapons. What are you going to be able to do? Open it up." But the way I look at it. And look, this doesn't mean you can't be creative, but I still get the feeling that based on what we saw from Jason Garrett in Dallas, the way Joe Judge talks about what he wants his team to look like, this is still an offense that's going to be run game Saquon first and pass off of that. Do you agree with that? Well, let's just say run game first. It may not necessarily be Saquon. They'll get to a lot of, again, this is where um, Kadarius Tony could factor in. Run game, he could factor into that. So um, they'll find different ways to run the football. Yes, in Saquon Barkley will be featured, but um, I think they're going to establish the line of scrimmage. I, I just don't think that they're going to line up and say, "Okay, well, we are Kansas City East, and we're just going to just chuck it fifty-five, sixty times a game without establishing." Uh, an identity up front, and I just think that's just not who they are. I agree, and you already mentioned Daniel Jones, but if you want to give me anything else on him, Carl, to me, that only helps a guy like that, where if teams are really overly concerned with that rushing attack, with all the play action you can run off of that, it really does make it a little bit easier on the quarterback. No, it does, and again, John, you know, the the key is we've highlighted all all of the pretty colors in the crayon box, right, and everything that they can do. 
But then there's the grays, the browns, the blues, the blacks, you know, the foundation colors, right? Those are your offensive linemen. Those are the guys that you got to start with first. If they are productive, then this offense just booms. No, I'm with you. Hey, Giant fans, limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Let's get vaccinated. Go to covid19.nj.gov slash vaccine to register. Hey, Giant fans, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games or world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. All right, let's jump to the defensive side of the ball. I think the addition of a Dory Jackson, Carl, really opens up the, and I'll, I'll put it this way, gives Patrick Graham even more crayon colors in his crayon box to play with here on defense because now he has two cornerbacks that have been in the league for a while, have proven they can cover man-on-man, and I feel like it just opens up a world of possibilities for what he can do in the back end, which then opens up some creative stuff you can do with blitzes. Yeah, so having two two really good corners on the outside, um, a young corner, uh, second-year cornerback that's playing in the slot who's, who's really coming into his own, um, they can do so many different things then, they, just with combinations. Knowing that you can, you can count on the outside guys doing their jobs, the interior of your defensive backfield can be a combination of linebacker, hybrid safety, you know, three safeties, one linebacker. Um, your defensive line can take on a lot of different iterations. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, if you're looking at an outside end defense, meaning, you know, you want to make sure that you can shore up the outside um, at the corners. You got that, and then it's like, okay, so uh, we got Leonard Williams and company and Dexter Lawrence and company, and then we got a lot of other skilled players in, you know, standing behind those guys, and you can do a lot with them. So um, Giants fans, just be excited. You know, one thing we do know about Patrick Graham, he can, he can call a good defense, uh, and they compete. And I just think just one more piece of talent like an Adori, I mean, not, uh, yeah, Adori, is is just the thing that that he likes because you can play combination coverages and and give a lot of different uh, things to a offense. And then I think their safeties are really is what allows them to do that to the nth degree because they have three guys in Peppers who can play a little linebacker, who can play safety. You have Logan Ryan, who's a former cornerback. He's going to play deep safety. Xavier McKinney played nickel at Alabama. He can play deep safety. Throwing Julian Love, who can play corner and safety. They got four guys, Carl, that you can move around. As someone that played on uh, multiple defense under Bill Belichick, when you have guys like that at safety, which is you know what the quarterback a lot of time reads right at the snap in terms of what the defense is doing, how does that allow Graham to disguise and do a bunch of crazy stuff to keep offenses and quarterbacks on their heels? 
Well, because uh, center and the quarterback um, are normally relied on to read whatever their keys are going to be, um, and when the personnel changes but the coverage is the same or the coverage um, is, is, is different than what they thought it would be, it involves more people and creates a greater risk for an offense to make a mistake. Because when you just have people that are in a personnel grouping and you can try to anticipate what it's going to be, and they have guys that do multiple things, it's just hard to anticipate it. The Giants did draft two defensive players, Carl Aziz Ojolari, the pass rusher out of Georgia, a steal in the second round. Also Aaron Robinson, the nickel cornerback who presumably would compete with uh, Darnay Holmes. Your thoughts on those two guys and what they might add to the defense? Well, Ojolari, uh, if we go by what has been um, written pre-draft and now post-draft, that he was one of the higher-rated defensive uh, linemen uh, pass rushers in, in this draft. So um, I think he's going to pay immediate dividends because you can always have him in as a role player. Um, your your um, second pick at, at, on defense, he's going to compete, but he's going to also have to be a special teams contributor as well. Um, and then, again, let's not discount, like, some of the players that the Giants have coming back in, in you know, um, Lorenzo Carter, um, X-Man is coming back. So both of those guys were, you know, X is still progressing. He didn't get, he didn't have to deal with the injury like Lorenzo Carter. But these two guys too are on track to be big contributors for the um, the Giants' defense. A guy like Carter, Carl, you know, you play edge. You got to line up in that three point stand sometimes and burst and you know explode off your leg. He's coming off an Achilles injury. What? How much do you think? It's kind of the similar question I asked about Saquon, right? How much can we expect from Carter this year, given what he's coming back from? Well, the advancements, man. Like, you know, years ago, if you had an Achilles, it was just like, well, you got to find another position because you can't play a skilled position. Once you've done that, well, we've seen running backs, we've seen cornerbacks, we've seen linebackers come back and be super productive off of that injury. So um, it's a wait-and-see approach, um, but – you know, the rehabs are so much more aggressive uh, these days than they were in the 90s even. So, and, and you're starting to see that, you know, guys like Richard Sherman who play a position that would be pretty much prohibited uh, yeah. to return from, from that injury, and he's he's been playing at a high level. So, uh, we'll see. What can Giant fans expect from a Leonard Williams encore and from Dexter Lawrence with Dalvin Tomlinson no longer on the roster? I don't think you're going to see Leonard Williams drop off one single bit, especially with um, Dexter Lawrence on that same defensive line, because that's going to, you know, you just can't double team uh, Leonard Williams and expect that Dexter Lawrence is not going to have a lot of success. And they, they have a good core of guys. And, you know, you are, we're talking about in Leonard Williams, the number one interior lineman, uh, that that was in free agency this year. So if you want to talk about a, a, a great get, is the Giants' ability to retain him, 
because on everybody's board, they had the number one and number two interior linemen, so they kept the top guy. 100%. All right, Carl, final question. Given what the NFC East looks like, is there any reason not to think that the Giants should be right in the mix with a chance to win this division title at the end of the season? Obviously, injuries, you can't control any of that. So putting that aside, and I'm, and I'm not talking, you know, 7-10 and 10 win the division. I'm talking, you know, be in that 9-10 win zone where you're competing with Dallas, Philly, Washington, and really you're in it until those final weeks. Yes. Um, to answer your question, yes, they, they, you should expect that. And, you know, the interesting thing is that when we hear the narrative, and I'm glad that the Giants aren't, like, crowned the uh, preseason uh, predestined uh, champion of the NFC East. But, you know, when people keep saying, well, Washington is the best team in the NFC East, um, somebody needs to remind them that the Giants swept them last year. Right. Beat them both games. So... You can say, yeah, because they won the, the, the conference because of whatever the circumstances were in that Philadelphia game, but if they are, if they are kind of the, the bar, if you will, then the Giants can feel pretty confident that they can, they can play and win against the uh, Washington football team. Carl, stay safe on your trip, my friend. Go Knicks. Thanks, you too, man. And we'll talk to you soon, brother. Go Knicks. You got it. Thank you. That's Carl Banks, our guest on the Giants Huddle Podcast. We thank him so much for pinch hitting for Chris Carlin today. And again, Chris will join us in a couple of weeks when I get back uh, from my trip. We're recording this, obviously, uh, before I leave for Iowa. So last uh, Friday. So that's why I can't you know, talk about whether or not the Knicks and Hawks are tied to two or whatever, whenever this is airing. But um, so that's Carl's take. I had not really talked to him in detail since the draft, at least not on the air. So it's good to get his take on where the Giants are with free agency in the draft and where they're heading. And uh, much like what we've talked about on Big Blue Kickoff Live, Carl's excited about where this team is headed, and, and so are we. Uh, they have the talent. Now it's just got to all come together. they got to stay healthy as the Giants head into the 2021 season. For Carl Banks, I'm John Schmelke. Thank you for joining us on the Giants Little Podcast. As a reminder, you can find the Giants Little Podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star positive review. It's also on the Giants mobile app and at Giants.com slash podcast. For Carl Banks, I am John Schmelk. Thanks so much for being with us on the Giants Huddle. We will see you next time, everybody. Stay safe out there.